Hi, Grifters. Welcome back to the Leverage 10 podcast, where today we'll be answering your questions in episode 507, The Real Fake Car Job. I'm your host, Kayla Dobson, and today I'm joined by our usuals, executive producers and co-creators of Leverage, John Rogers and Chris Downey. Hello! Hello! And today we also have executive story editor and writer of this episode, Josh Shear. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Uh, we've gathered fan questions about this Do you want us to say your credit on, on like, no, no, Jericho? No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I was a co-EP over there. But just John, like, John, just, they, no. they know. Okay. They know. They know. They know. They the know. fans know. Uh, we've gathered the questions about this episode from both Twitter and Facebook, and if you guys are ready, Tornado Puppy has a question about one of my favorite things in this episode. Sure. So Tornado Puppy asks, so who, who came up with the Elliot and Sophie being hitmen plot? Was it something that's been up on the wall? Uh, no, I remember when uh, we we brought this in. I think we put it in the room first, and I think it was you guys. It was it was the EPs were like, oh, here's another thing that we should do. Um, well, you know, I, you think know. It, I think it was born out of two things. One, um, uh, Gina and Christian work well together, and we hadn't done it since Tap Out. Two, because of different production issues, we need to split the actors up into pairs a little more often because of the way the episodes <clears throat> broke this year in the shooting schedule. So when you look at the pairs, you start to try to vary it up. Uh, and then it, as soon as kind of kind of the the, the sort of um, farcical elements of the show lent itself to well we have to distract the uh, the the agent how do we do that mm-hmm. well with a threat who's the threat and then we just landed on Miss somebody blurted out Mr. And Mrs. Smith and then we were right. done like you know yeah I think it, it it started with it started as as a bromance thing it was going to be uh, it was going to be Alice and Christian that's right and then we figured out who was still available and who would make the best pair and yeah. and then all of a sudden it was oh the married couple and and it went from there and and it also allowed us once we settled that the subplot was the show's about retirement mm-hmm. Aldous and Christian had their discussion early in the episode, so having them paired again wouldn't advance you in that way. Mm -hmm. So why not start switching them off so everyone had this discussion in a different different, uh, context? Well, kind of following up on that, Kala asks, why is Sophie taking such an interest in Elliot this season? Uh, I think it's just one of our ways that we're trying to broaden out... um, what the relationships are before we get to the end of the season Mm -hmm. so that you have a context for how things end at the end of the season and how everyone sort of feels about each other and and kind of opening up the some of the family elements but also uh you know conversations with people you don't usually hang out with are illustrative Nice word. word. (laughs) That's an SAT word right there. Just for the record, verisimilitude, panoply, these are words that you never really hear. You just see them on the page and I kind of wanted to Anyway, I like. I don't. So use I know it's one of my all-time favorite. I don't like panoply. I do like verisimilitude. I do oh. use verisimilitude a lot. Mm. Remember, uh, were you around for when I convinced um, Jeff Thorne that you pronounced uh, whilst whilst uh, during the during the writers? I know you were around for this. Yeah, I, I, I said whilst, that. and Jeff Thorne filled with rage, and and I managed to string it up for two weeks <laughs> until I slipped up, and then he you'd think he'd discovered he discovered the whole time. He is a Shakespearean trained actor. He is a Shakespearean trained actor, and I said whilst he was doing this, he went. Ah! And screamed at the top of his lungs in front of development executives what, and what producers. Jeff screamed. Jeff, screamed. Jeff was very enthusiastic. He, uh, he's usually very shy and retiring, but in this case, he really kind of yes. reached for the stars. Angry about Wilst. 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 So, kind of moving on and talking more about the episode as a whole, Aquarius GB asks Loved all the antique cars. Where did they come from, and did the cast have fun driving them? Jared, you weren't there for that. 
Um, yeah, well, I was up there for that. Uh, where did they come from? You're not talking about creatively. You're talking about where did they actually where did they arrive actual from? Cars? Oh, well, I mean, we, we mentioned it in the script. Uh, we mentioned it in the exactly. Who cares about that? Yes, exactly. Um, so uh, you can answer both questions, though. That was a bonus point. Well, I would be interested in knowing what the research of the cars was like. But. Much like uh, much like uh, Aldis says in the show, uh, you really just need to put out a flyer. <laughs> you, you, you mentioned you put a, you put up one little posting somewhere that there's going to be a car. I think it was so ridiculously easy to get yeah. the cars that we we had to write it in the script, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretty much, well, yeah. You know what it was? It was a holdover from when we shot the original racetrack sequence in yeah. season three or four. God, it's been uh, season uh, the um, uh, boost job it was, was season three. three. Yeah. It was three. And we were, during one of the weekends we were scouting, remember they mentioned that that whole track fills up with vintage cars on the weekend mm-hmm. that people come to take around the track. We're like, mm-hmm. God, if there's that community here, let's just keep that in our back pocket mm-hmm. you right. know, to use. And, and that was something that we really enjoyed about the world of this particular episode is these people are, they're so fanatical about their cars and uh, and they, they love to get together and they love to talk about the most minute details of these things while polishing them and breathing on them and polishing them. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a really interesting uh, sect of, of, of uh, collecting. And, um, you know, in, in terms of these specific cars, uh, the car that we end up using, our hero car, the, uh, the Packard, um, you know, because the cast has to drive it, the owner has to be okay with the cast driving it, and that means you're going to go through three or four uh, potential hero cars before you land on the one that you end up using. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, Tim enjoyed driving it. He was a lead Dude, foot. Dude, he does that Nash Healy, man. He <laughs> yeah. liked that. Oh, that, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So I'm assuming you didn't take any joy rides in the... Not after he almost <laughs> took Matt, Matt Lillard's foot off in the final take. Uh, There's something about dudes diving out of the way of cars. Because what happened is I think Christian, because Christian and Matt are friends, Christian told him about when I was directing Boys Night Out, and he got into that game of chicken with the stunty where he kept trying to jump out of the way of the car the last possible moment. So Lillard kind of did the same thing. Lillard kept trying to make it closer and closer. But in that case, it was a stunty driving. In this case, it was Tim driving. So Tim just drove as fast as he could at Matt Lillard. Thank God nobody died. There's really, a, there's an alternate universe where... There's a where long story. Getting, there's yeah. a long story. Yeah. Uh, Matt, Matt Lillard does not have the best eyesight. He was not wearing his glasses in the scene because it wasn't right for the character. And... <laughs> his judgment was a little off. At first, he jumped out of the out of the way of the car before when the car was about sixty feet away. <laughs> and I think it was Paul Bernard who went over and had a little conference with him and said, uh, "We're a little tougher on this show." And uh, he didn't use that language. And then the next take, it was, it was within a foot of Matt Lillard's ankle, um, and everybody just stopped and just you know, I mean, we all went white. Um, and then Lillard popped up, and he's like, "I'm okay." I'm okay. <laughs> he's a he's a he's a hero. He's a trooper. That guy. Well, well, by the way, one of my favorite villains we've ever had. Oh, I mean, he's great, great actor, great villain. He really dug in on it. He gave gave a nice review. Really humanized the guy. Because one of the basis is when you're doing a con and heist show, every con is about finding something someone loves and offering it to them just out of reach. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it can be anything. You know. Uh, I may be an executive producer of a television show and I may have spent this morning wheedling a new game system out of a game company from the Midwest because I love games. You know, on the, uh, like, like a 12-year-old on the internet trying to see if I get an advanced copy. Uh, you know, for this character, it's cars. And, you know, and Matt really did a great job when he was... The, the bit when he finds out that Aldous is cutting up those cards, his shock and horror is so real, you know. Yeah. 
Well, in talking about Matthew Lillard, how do you guys manage to land him for this role? This is a great story. <laughs> Kick this season. And it goes back a year. Yeah, it does. It goes. It goes um, so I started working on Leverage in, uh, in season four. Um, and I was in the middle of writing episode 403, the 15 minutes job. I think I was doing a rewrite. Went to a restaurant right around the corner from the office. And uh, there was Matthew Lillard. Uh, he walked in, and I was like, oh, you know, there he is. I, ne- I had never met him. I didn't know him. I'd worked with a close friend of his on a previous show. So I figured, you know, if he sits near me and he's alone, maybe I'll say something. So he sits right next to me, <laughs> alone. And I just had to start chatting with him. And, and it was a great time in his career to, you know, to, to branch out into TV. And, and I was telling him, so you know. Desperate. I wouldn't say that. Not I mean, he was on the he, not on the podcast. Actually, that, it is, no, he, no, he was not. just about to work with. He just did Clooney's film, The Descendants. I mean, you know. Why are you doing this? Sure, it's it's no one will come to our little cable show again. It was a softball. By, by the way, it up this like is that. why this is why it's the last year because you've ruined it, and we won't get any more guest stars. It's your fault. And I can kid Matthew Lillard because Matthew Lillard is a is an amazing guy. Yes, am I right? I wouldn't do it. He's producing a really good film. Yeah. He just, yeah, we would, we, we never punch down. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. We'll, we'll edit <laughs> all we that don't. out in post. Sure. No, 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 no. The fans love it. And also know who to blame when there's no season six. It's crazy. There we go. There we go. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. All the Twitter rage will now yeah, be directed. Yeah, sure. Send it all to me. Are you even on Twitter? I am. Oh, okay. I've, I've tweeted. I tweeted figurines of the leverage team that my you niece did. Made. You really like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, t- again, talking about the ep- this episode, Laurel Bell, Laura Bell B asks, was there a bilingual bonus to Sophie's Italian? How many languages does she speak? Uh, Sophie, Sophie speaks multiple languages. Gina actually, I think, speaks three. Gina can. Oh, wow. Gina speaks French. Uh, she can get. She speaks French very well. Uh, I know she can get by in Spanish and Italian, mm-hmm. uh, which are pretty close to each other. And I think there's an, another one looping around that she can muddle through. But that's Gina herself. Look, she's from England. You pick up another <laughs> language or two when you're over there. You know, it's just, it's uh, what do you call someone who speaks two languages? Bilingual, what do you call someone who speaks three languages? Trilingual, what do you call someone who speaks one language? American. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, yeah. But she she's actually speaks French, pretty, uh, if I remember correctly, pretty flawlessly and Italian and Spanish pretty well. Nice. Uh, so moving on, LJ asks, one of my favorite moments was seeing Nate handcuffed to a chair and rolling everywhere. How did that work? He was handcuffed to a chair and he rolled everywhere. I have to admit, what's fun is, is um, it's interesting as actors, kind of, you know, he's later in his career and he missed a whole comedy period of his career he could have had. Oh, yeah. Like doing the drama stuff in the mm-hmm. 70s and 80s. Because Tim in the chair was freaking hilarious. I mean, he really had a great sense of the timing and the kind of. I love, that he, cro- I love the way he crossed his leg. Was very yeah, just funny. the casual. That was it. Yeah, the, the casual was, sort of. Just, I don't have a gun in my face. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it was it was a light to flee. But no, look, that was on set, right? You guys were playing around with blocking and playing around with, uh, you know, that was the sort of alchemy that comes out of. You got an actor, you got a director, you got a writer, you got a nice scene. See what happens. It was. A, it's a long scene. Yeah. We shot it. You know, we shot it in, in over you know one long take each time. And uh, when you know when you're writing a long scene, you're trying to keep it interesting for everybody. And when you're acting a, a long scene, I guess the same thing comes out, and you try to figure out where to find the good moments and where to find the right moments. And and Tim, uh, he really did like he soaked up 
you know, he's not somebody that we tend to t give a lot of notes. He's, yeah. he's he's Timothy Hutton. I mean, but I went over to him and I was like, what do we, what about the the psychologist angle where you're you know where you're dressing this guy down? You know, do you want to do something from like a psychologist's office? And the leg crossing thing came yeah. right out of that, and he loved <laughs> and it. That's and that's like, voice. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. So it, it, that you know, it was a lot of fun that one. Well, moving on, we have another Nate question. Our resident support group, Damaged Heart, asks, uh, with Nate discussing the future, will the rest of the team invest slash think about their futures more? I don't think so. I think everyone's everyone's kind of a five-minute-from-now mm -hmm. person. Uh, whether they can afford to be by the end of the season, I don't know. But uh, as it is right now, everyone's kind of head down, and there are new relationships, and, you know, Elliot's in a good place, finally kind of done with the self-loathing and working his stuff out, and... You know, Parker and Hardison are doing the relationship stuff, and Sophie. I mean, Nate's really the only one with that master plan that will pay off heart-shatteringly. Oh, that's cruel. That's cruel. That's not cruel. You're the one who took away season six with your meanness to the day players. I, I'm just it, saying the season finale is good. I'm translating what he was saying. That's all I did. So we can blame Josh. He was Josh. at a certain point in his I'm career. So Josh, Josh is, the is the one that did it. I Josh, there's it no reason. There. There's no season six because of Josh Share. That's the second show you've killed. That's the second show you've killed after two years. There's not that years. many people that can As make wow, that You play. killed that's Jericho and you killed Leverage after two years. Twitter followers, I did not kill Jericho. I did not kill Jericho. The one who called the network's gonna pick it up, and you're like, screw the nuts, they're just crazy people. Don't pick it up. We're running out of ideas, we have nothing left. You've told this story in the room a million times. So, before all the Twitter fans come and install, I do, I do imagine, us. by the way, the Jericho fans who have been dormant are now like perking up, like they're waking up after a long, dark sleep, like somebody's talking about Jericho on the, on the web. My phone is already blowing, they haven't even heard this podcast. Well, following up on the last question, Una asks, would Elliot really be the best at retirement? And who do you think on the Wait, team that, would be the worst? Is that just Una? Is that Una not O'Neill? That's Una not O'Neill. Right, Her oh, Twitter name two, is Una. The Twitter handle is... I thought it was two is, No, no just, the, just our favorite. All right. Um, I knew a girl named Una in college, actually. Wow. Yeah, yeah, no, I doubt it. Um, would Elliot really be best for retirement? Yeah, I actually think so. What do you think? He has the most diverse interests. Yeah. And I also... I mean, he, he cooks... Yeah. He grows his own food. He sleeps, he 90, sleeps minutes a night. 90 minutes a night. He fights he, crime at night. Yeah. yeah. He, I think he's someone who has, uh, you know, oddly the, the most broad, uh, you know, interests. And I think he right. would. And it's, it's all about adaptability. And, right. you know, I remember I was writing the bit and, you know, I, I didn't create the show. I didn't create the characters. And you think of something and you're like, hmm. Would the EPs think that that's accurate? Yeah. You know, or when you get to the when you get to the set, is every actor going to come over having read that line and be like, "Well, I think my character would be that," and you're just up, you know, shit's creek at that point. <laughs> um, but this one did have the ring of truth to it, and yeah. I just did the, the character that well, he, you know. He had the he had the although his his early life was stressful. Um, he's not as damaged as Nate. Nate's too obsessive compulsive and just like, right. you know, Nate Nate basically funneled a lot of rage and damage into the one job that will let him do it. <laughs> right. um, Elliot actually had a pretty structured life up until he spun out, right. you know, after he got out of the service. So, well, we yeah. about music, too. I mean, we've seen his musical yeah, side yeah, in the true. show. Elliot, so. Elliot has stuff to do. Now, that's interesting. You define 
retirement by doing well at retirement by having a broad series of interests that would sure, keep that, you busy. That's retirement, something keep you busy and not think about death. That's what retirement <laughs> is. Wow, you're, you're I, was, to be distracted. I, was, I was thinking it was a matter of like being satisfied with where you are in life and being comfortable, just kind of no, giving up. No, retirement. Your... You're just you don't want to be staring at the clock, waiting for you know, waiting for death. Waiting for death. You want to distract yourself with lots uh, of different whole, things. You still have not gotten over the whole. We figured out like the average uh, death age of a you know white male. I guess I'm not oh, that up. please don't bring that. By the way, when did you become an honorary Jewish person? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. A Philo Semite? Is that what I am? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, our next question follows up from that last question. Carl asks, Elliot mentioned he wanted to own a restaurant one day, but could he ever actually pull it off, or would there be too many people trying to constantly kill him? It would be a, a fantastic spin-off to find out. <laughs> oh my oh. god, a restaurant owned by a former assassin, constantly besieged by his enemies. I gotta make a phone call. Uh, <laughs> too late, I already sold it this oh, afternoon. No. That's why I was just at lunch That's with TNT. Lunch, I was, you? Yeah, I was. I was selling oh, TNT, the Elliot, Elliot murder Retired restaurant. Yeah, exactly. Takes over a He's solving oh, the neighborhood great. people's problems, even as he fends off. And he solves the assassin's problem. They come in and they, they turn over a new leaf. Oh, They're the ones working in the kitchen? Yeah, exactly. Right. So the knife, the expert at knives, the whole thing. Yeah, the, uh, you know. Where's that pheasant? I get rid of it. I didn't ask you to get rid of it. I asked you to get it ready. Well, I thought that's what you meant. I get rid of it. No one will ever find that pheasant again. It's, it's all. The pilot's practically written. <laughs> well, uh, I have to do our plug it's called now. It's called Coup of the Day. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, our fans cannot download this this TV series quite yet, but I have to remind our grifters that you can always download all your favorite episodes off of iTunes and the new Season 5 episodes after they air, so don't forget. And for our last question today, Michelle asks, what were the, th the three things Nate knew in regards to all the elements of the plan working out at the end? Uh, well, you know what? If you gave, you, we can't tell you. We that. can't tell you that. Although, if you gave me the list again, I could tell you because I remember thinking, like, I, I remember thinking, what was the 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 one plausible structure? Because we right. talk about this all the time, and we actually wrote to it in the gold job. Right. Nate has Plan M is the one that'll work no matter what. Right. He just doesn't start with Plan. He starts with Plan M and then builds up. So yeah, there's there's like three in there that will give you your base minimum requirement. I just don't can't remember from the episode which they are. Right. But it is consistent. We just didn't pull that that number out of our ass. We pull a lot of things out of our ass, but not that. that. Not that. that. Well, that's it for our main questions. Do you guys have a few minutes for our usual bonus questions? Oh, Kayla, how can we disappoint you? <laughs> it's like an encore. Especially, especially since uh, Josh slash Chris has taken away season six. We have to, <laughs> we have to stretch out the podcast. Exactly. So Linda S. asks, is there a reason we haven't seen the portrait of old Nate all season? I know you said it made the trip to Portland. Oh, it's hanging so. in the it's hanging in the side room by the door. Yeah, you can't okay. It's just it, you, can't you, see it. you see it every now and then when the camera swings by. Okay. But Nate tends to sit at his desk, mm -hmm. and Hardison's desk is opposite old Nate. Okay. So when you're doing camera angles, you don't get, tend to catch it. If you go back and watch whenever somebody crosses from that side room to the desk, mm -hmm. you can see it then. But it, it, it tends to be someone's moving. Nobody hangs out over there. Yeah. So you can see it when it moves. But it's there. Old Nate's in there. So it's all the eagle-eyed fans that yeah, can eagle -eyed spot fans. old Nate. Mm, yeah. uh, so then, I have no idea how to pronounce this name. I've been practicing it. Moberberk. Moberberk? Moberberk. I'm not Moberemk. sure. Moberemk. 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 This person asks, just how many weapons are hiding throughout the bar anyways? Six. Well, the fact that we can't pronounce his name, I don't think we should be discussing weapons. <laughs> yeah. That's a little... Uh, let's see. One, two, three... Six. 
You know exactly. I, if I He's go, saying that because six is a comedy word, six folks. Comedy word. It's a very funny. No, number. if I actually think about, if I actually think about when when I worked in uh, Montreal, where the guy who owned the bar had like um, the various and sundry things. Uh, you got you got something in the little kitchenette. Uh, you got something by the door. Right under uh, the you bar. Got right. In the fridge. You got two under the bar. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you'd have one by that uh, at that. Um, uh, end um, booth. So that's about six. All if you're right. gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna arm up like a Montreal nightclub, <laughs> right. that's the six. Where nothing ever happens. Yeah. Good to know. Uh, so for our last bonus question, I'm crossing my fingers for this one. Patty asks, was Sophie and Elliot appearing at the Marshall's front door inspired by the Vonage commercials with the creepy bundle bundle neighbors at the door? No. 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 <laughs> no. That was uh, that just... was after. I think they came after was we it shot after? it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. you might be right. Too bad. No, that was just, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, we wanted to have a scene where they go in and freak the hell out of the, out <laughs> of the marshal. Yeah, I love, uh, by the way, I don't believe it's scripted. They say the McElroys at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I think that, that, was, totally that, was, that was scripted. Yeah. That was, that was, I appreciate yeah, no, that. that bit, the, the, because it was very natural, and they, yeah. and they nailed it, but no, yeah. they absolutely And were the McElroys? The fruitcake yeah. made me laugh. Yeah. What was it? I like that the, the, they always throw away the fruitcake, yeah. but, not, but they keep yeah. the dish. That's yeah. <laughs> We had an interesting time shooting the uh, the wide angle. You know, you have to do all kinds of crazy things. We like took out the door uh, yeah. to shoot the wide angle of Sophie through the uh, you know through it's, the, um, it's, the looking. It's, it's one of those things that seems like a simple shot. And it's an enormous pain in the ass because yeah. it's not built to shoot through those. Mm-hmm. The, the couple Fish times, eye. the couple times I've done it, um, uh, you actually um, you shoot through the tube. Oh, right. uh, or you put the lens on the other side of the aperture, but yeah, it's it's one of those things you're writing the script and a, a DP will read it and go, "Son of a bitch!" Yeah, there's two hours of my life, yeah, yeah. for that one shot. We, we, you know, I I envisioned it in my head that uh, instead of Sophie coming up from the bottom, she would come in from the side, but you can't do that because the actress doesn't know where the where the the frame the begins, the edge yes. begins, and and. Uh, you know, while they're shooting it. So, you know, I mean, it worked perfectly and it was hysterical. And, and you see Elliot in the background kind of looking up at the yeah. at the roof of the house, like, how am I going to break in? Oh, it's yeah. just very subtle. Thing. How much yeah. kind of security do you use around here? Exactly. Look, That's a classic <laughs> comedy. Oh, I cannot say this enough times. The, the, the day I convinced Kane to stop jumping in front of cars and start doing comedy for a living is a, a he'll, his career will just... Boom. We keep trying. It can't get bigger. Uh, the Kaniacs, I'm sure, will, will pummel me for imp- implying that wow. it's not already huge. But uh, he's such a gifted comedian. It's just it's ridiculous. So Anything well, else? No, that's it. That was our that was our last one. But I think what I got from that question is that the Vonage commercials were inspired by this episode. Yes. Okay. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Good call. So on <laughs> that note. Strongly word letter from our lawyers. Yes. <laughs> Most likely. Uh, Well, that does it for this edition of the Leverage 10 podcast. Uh, Be sure to tune in next week when we discuss the broken wing job, which you won't want to miss. And send us your questions either via the Leverage Facebook page or on Twitter with hashtag Leverage10podcast. And be sure to follow us. And I just want to let all of our fans know that we're currently undergoing a host server change at the Leverage 10 podcast over the next couple of weeks. But don't worry, the episodes aren't going anywhere. They'll still be on iTunes. But if you do experience any technical issues, just let us know. We'll be sure to get everything running smoothly ASAP. So. We have time to do that since Josh slash Chris have canceled the show. Exactly. Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Grifters.